Uh, but I'm ready to get in the Word. We're going to begin a new series. Um, we had um, one of our pieces of equipment um, fried right before service started that runs our, our video stuff. So, so anyway, the, you, you might have to actually look at your own Bible instead of the scriptures on the screen or your phone or whatever. It's like, it's like oh, I got to actually look it up because the... Yeah, old school. You know, I could just bring out those, um, what, what is the, 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 overhead. the overhead projector? And it's like crooked and, you know, and, or even go farther. Cena felt. Remember Cena felt? Anybody? No, no, no one knows, remembers that? I, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Nikki does. At least Nikki remembers Cena felt. If you don't know what Cena felt is, just see me afterwards. I'll explain it. Just Google it. Just Google it. Anyway. Hallelujah. Well, we're starting a new series tonight, and uh, this is, uh, we're going to call, we're calling it Back to the Basics. And you're like, oh man, I wanted to go into something deep, Pastor. Well, I, I think if you get, if you understand the, the basics, then you'll, you'll, I think, I think a lot of times we, we assume we know things already. Um, but if you follow the life of Jesus, he said, verily, verily, I say unto you again. I say unto you again. I say unto you again. You know, I, I think of the Apostle Paul and Barnabas when actually uh, in Acts chapter 11, where they were actually first called Christians. I mean, church was already birthed, but yet this is where they were first called Christians. It said that Paul and Barnabas stayed at Antioch and, and, and ministered every day for a year. And you think he repeated himself more than once, right? You know, uh, and about about who... Who Christ is and what Christ did in his life and, and how he grew. And, and so, and, and I just, I just had in my heart, I just know there's, all of us are on different levels. And so, so I believe by the Holy Spirit, um, in the word, I believe that we'll be able to hit people that are in the shallow end of the pool and the deep end of the pool. You know, no matter where you are, we're, we're, we're you're going to receive something if you have an open heart, right? And, and, and as a pastor, you know, it's, it, it's part of my role, and I'll talk about this in a moment. Part of my role as a pastor and those that, that teach up here is for perfecting the saints, right? So you can do what you're called to do. And, and sometimes we get hung up and, and we, 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 we forget about the basics. You know, I think of Vince Lombardi when, you know, they, just, they had just won a Super Bowl and they started, the, they started preseason. And, and the very first thing he did is he pulled. They, 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 they were not on the field. They were just in a room. And he holds up a football and he says this is a football. But he's like, wait a minute. We know it's a We won the Super Bowl last year. Come on, coach. No, this is a football. And I think a lot of times we get so caught up in trying to hear from God. We get so caught up in trying to make make God do things or try to get our prayers answered and try to get things to happen that we let go of the very basics of what's going to cause our lives to grow. And, and so we're going to, I'm going to just build a foundation tonight, um, about the series and just the foundation of, of why back to the basics. So if you have, a, have your Bibles, turn to, turn to Hosea chapter four, Hosea chapter four. I'm going to I'll get here in a moment. Before I read this, I want to... It was a Wednesday night in 2008. And at that time, I had really been just uh, pastoring for a year so, as, as associate pastor. I wasn't really operating in a senior pastor role. 
but I was ministering a lot on Wednesday, Wednesday evenings. And I remember back in what we call our green room where we finished preparing and, and, and I'm sitting there and, and, uh, I don't remember what the, the message was supposed to be about that, what I was going to preach that night. But right before, about 20 minutes before I came out of the back room, the Lord, Holy Spirit asked me a question. He said, do you know what the biggest problem in the world is today? And some of you might have heard me talk about this. And, and, um, and I'm, I'm, of course, I'm trying to think, okay, you're asking me? You're asking me what's the biggest problem in the world today? And I'm like, well, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, can these bones live? Well, only you know, Lord, right? Um, I mean, I, I don't know what's the biggest. I'm trying to think of all sorts of things. And, and I'm naming a few things and thinking about things. And, and, he, and he just clears my heart, clear in my heart. I just heard this in my heart. He said, the biggest problem in the world today is deficit. And I was like, deficit? You mean like the national deficit? Yeah, I know we're like trillions of dollars in debt. And I know, I mean, deficit, yeah. And, and, and I'm thinking that he said, he goes, he goes, yes. And he said this, he goes, there's a deficit. What is deficit? Deficit is shortage. It's lack. And immediately when we think of that, we're all like, yeah, I can relate, Pastor. I need finances, right? But the biggest problem is deficit. And then he said this to me. He said, yeah, there's a deficit of love. There's a deficit of joy. There's a deficit of patience. There's a deficit of wisdom. There's a deficit of self-control. You see, there's a deficit of finances. And he said, there's a deficit of faith. And then he said this to me. He said, he said, this is all in moments. And I ended up coming out and just, just preaching out of my heart with this. And he said, he said, you know what it comes down to? He said, it all comes down to a deficit of the word of God. You see, any deficit that we operate in, we have in the natural, whatever it might be, we have to understand if we want that deficit to change in our lives, it's going to require the word of God. You know, there's a, if there's a deficit of faith, then that's a, it means there's a deficit of the word. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you didn't have the word of God, we could never have faith. If we didn't have the word of God, we wouldn't even be here tonight. I mean, that, that would, that would be, why, why would we be here, Jeremiah, if, if we didn't have the word of God? Why? We wouldn't even know what born again is. We wouldn't even know, we wouldn't even understand that the fact that there was this man that was born of a virgin that, that came into the earth and died for our sins and ro- rose again on the third day. Then he, he came and he went, he, he went to hell for us. He rose up, he took his blood, sprinkled on the mercy seat in the heavenly holy of holies. And he, and, and it was done all for us. If we didn't have the word of God, we would not know anything about righteousness. We wouldn't know anything about covenant. We wouldn't know anything. So, so the thing is, is, is we, we can get so quick on all the things that we want, all the things that we need. But the bottom line it comes down to is, is there's a, there, we need to make sure we don't have a deficit of the word. Because everything is going to come out of the word. Everything is going to come out of the word of God. And you know, I know it's a simple thought, but think about it. You, we would not be here if we didn't have the word that said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as you see the day approaching. I, I mean, I could, you, you, you need something in life, the word, whatever it is. 
It's going to come down to the word. The word is vital. So let's look at this in, in Hosea chapter four. So why back to the basics? Hosea four, six says this, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So, so, I mean, we can go on and it says, it's not just that, but also you're destroyed because you reject knowledge. That if you keep reading the rest of the verse, it's talking about rejecting knowledge. So, but dealing with this aspect, people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So let's, let's change the word destroy. Okay. Let's change some words. So say, if I don't have a lack of knowledge, what, what do I have? Then it, then we can read it like this. My people are successful because they're filled with, filled with knowledge. My people are restored because they're filled with knowledge. My people are saved because they're filled with knowledge. My people are fixed because they're filled with knowledge. So if, if there's a lack of knowledge, if I'm destroyed for a lack of knowledge, then what will full of knowledge do for my life? You see? So, so the thing is, why back to the basics? Why? Because, because it's important for us to grow in knowledge because if we grow in knowledge, then it will cause our lives to come up to another level. Do you see that? Thank you, Father. Go to, go to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. This is all just a foundation of why this series, Back to the Basics. Why, as your pastor, this is on my heart for us. I say, I'm not saying you, on up for us, right? We're all growing, right? We grow from glory to glory and faith to faith. Oh, sorry, I was, I went to the next script, the next scripture, hold on. Getting ahead of myself. Ephesians 4. Thank you, Father. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists. Okay, hold on. Let me back up. Go to verse 9. Now that he ascended, what is it? But he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. It's talking about Jesus. So people say, well, Jesus went to hell. Yeah, it tells it right here. He went to the lower parts of the earth. And then as he descended is the same that also ascended up far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Meaning... He went up to heaven so he could do what? Fill all things. Or you could say fulfill all things. There's another way to translate that. Then, then what? So when he went up to heaven, what did he do? It says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. You see, so he sent these gifts. So he went to heaven. And then he sent gifts into the body. And one of those gifts is a teacher. Well, what's he going to teach? How's a, how's a pastor going to shepherd? How's an apostle going to apostle? What, what is an apostle? Apostle is, is someone that's sent with a message. So what's the message? The word. And Jesus is the word in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning. Verse 14. And the word became flesh dwelt among us. The only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So 
We have to understand that these gifts were sent, but they were to do something. They were to release the word into our lives. Release the revelation of Jesus. Release the revelation of, of what was, what is, and what will be. And then it tells us this. It says, it's for the perfecting of the saints. So what they're going to teach, what they're going to, what these gifts are for, they're going to perfect the saints. For them to do what? The work of the ministry. And what it's going to edify, charge the body, build up the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of a son of God. So, so this word that's being preached is going to do what? It's going to cause us to have knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. You see, that there, there's too much to and fro. There, there's too much, there's too many, there's too many hearts that are up one day and down the next. Why? They're being tossed to and fro. I, I see too many people going from church to church to church to church. I see, and you know, there's a lot of good ministries. There's a lot of good, good, good people out there. You know, I, I, you know, there's, there's some people that will go to churches and they're going to churches that are being led by people that aren't pastors. I'm not going to call names out, but, but the thing is, is, is that's great. But, but the thing is, is, is you, you're going to, you go because you, you might go there because you're emotionally moved or, or it's because of its hype or because it's the new wave or it's the new experience or it's the new thing. And you go from place to place to place. And really what it comes down to is, is you're looking for something to tickle your ears. You're looking for something. And, and, and I see, and I've seen it in 26 years. I've seen it in, in, in 12 to 13 years of pastoring of lives like this because they don't understand the basics. They're being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That you henceforth. So these gifts were sent that you wouldn't be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, that they may grow up in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Grow up, say grow up. Grow up. So these gifts, bottom line, is to grow up so you and I look like Jesus. You know, I mean, there's plenty of scriptures in Galatians, there's scriptures in Romans, and it talks about till we be conformed to the image of the Son. So, so the whole point is, is why the basics is the whole point is we're in this pursuit to look like Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's why the word, the word, the word, let's go to, um, James, go to James one. Thank you, father. Thank you for the word, Father. Why back to the basics? One, so for us to have success, um, Hosea 4, 6, Ephesians 4, so we can grow up. Now, James 1, verse 5. It says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not that it might be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. 
For let, let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So why, the, why back to the basics? Is to get to a place where we're not double-minded. See, a double-minded man... Now, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Not, not some of his ways, all of his ways. So here, why back to the basics? Why the word being the foundation? So our lives become stability. So we can be, we can be pictures of stability for our family, our loved ones, our spouses, for our church, for, for our community that we are, we're not, we're not double-minded. We're not up and down, but we're, but we, we, we have stability. I want us as, as you know, where when you show up to work, you become that person that is a person of stability. And people say, hey, I, I, man, man, just have, just go talk to Vic, man, because Vic, it doesn't matter what's going on. Vic's like this. Why? Why? Because, because of the word being in the foundation of our lives. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Where, where do we find the wisdom? The word of God. The word of God. The word of God and the spirit of God. So this is all why back to the basics. So we can become successful. So we can grow up. And so we can become stable. And the fourth thing, part of this foundation, is go to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. So why back to the basics? The Passion Translation, just I know, just, just listen because I know you don't have this probably. It says, we have much to say about this topic, although it's difficult to explain because you have become too dull and sluggish to understand. For you should already be professors instructing others by now. But instead, you need to be taught from the beginning the basics of God's prophetic oracles. You're like children still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. And they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. The, um, uh, if I read it in the Amplified, it says this. It says, for even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskillful in the word of righteousness. You know, I, I see it so often, time and time again, about how people still battle with their identity. They battle, they battle with who they are in Christ. And it's all because they're unskillful in the word of righteousness. And it says they need to be taught. You need to be taught. He goes, you should be teachers by now. You should be teaching this by now. But instead... You're unskillful in the word of righteousness and you need someone else to teach you the basics. 
And so I, I'm not doing this series because I think that, that you don't know anything or, or, or no, I'm doing this on the direction of the Holy Spirit because I believe it's going to solidify our foundation. It's going to strengthen our hearts. It's going to establish in the, in the word. It's going to cause our faith to rise. It's going to cause us to be unshaken when the enemy comes, when the storms of life come, because storms of life will come, right? Storms of life will come. Matthew chapter five, it said there was two men. It said one built his house upon a rock and one built his house upon a sand. And both of them heard the word, but one heard the word and did the word. And the one that heard the word and did the word when that storm came, it said it did not fall, but said there was a man that just heard the word, but yet didn't do the word. And it said that same storm beat against his house and great was the fall of it. So when storms of life come, when as we're stepping in and continue to step in the last days, my thing is, is I don't want us to be people that are tossed to and fro, <clears throat> that we're double minded. You know, we, it's hard to go two places, two directions at the same time. You know, years ago, the Lord gave me an illustration with this and, and, and you know, how many people play twist? You ever play twister? You know, it's like we, we, you know, it's like we put, we put a, you know, what God's saying on one hand and then we're trying to get our other hand on our emotions or we're trying to get other hand on what's going on in the world. And you got your, we got one foot, one foot over here and you got, you got another foot over here. And so what happens when the storms of life come, you have, you have no stability. You have no foundation. Why? Because you're trying to put your hand and your feet in so many different things. When bottom line is, is we just need to make sure we are, we don't have a shortage of the word of God. Amen. Doesn't matter what, what's going on in our world, what's going on around us. We need the word of God. Amen. This is not a history book. This is not a, this is not a fable. This is not a tall tale. This is not, this is, this is the word of God and it's the word of God speaking to you and speaking to me and it's going to cause our lives to be strong. Amen. 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 Some of you are excited about that. Say back to the basics. Oh, say I'm ready. Amen. Let's go to, um, I'm going to continue with this word aspect, but that was the foundation for why this series. And um, so let's go to first Peter chapter one. And I'm going to, I'm going to stick talking about the word. Build on this aspect of the word. Nikki's going to minister next week and she's going to, she's going to continue on talking about the word. But here in first Peter chapter one. Verse 22, it says, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Now, we could also call the word, we could call truth the word, right? He says, Jesus said, my word is truth, right? Seeing you've purified your souls in obeying the truth, obeying the word through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Meaning you're, you're not, you're not a hypocrite when it comes to loving people. It says, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Then it tells us this, being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. Now, I know he's referring to Jesus. 
And we're going to, and you people say, well, he's not talking about the, 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 the logos word, the, the written word. Well, you sure about that? He's talking about, well, he's, he's talking about both. But you need to understand that this word is eternal because this word is speaking about the kingdom that's eternal. It's speaking about the spiritual laws that are eternal. It's speaking about God's righteousness. It speaks of how he does things. It speaks how his kingdom operates. It speaks of his person. It speaks of who he is. It, and, and, it's, and, and it says it's incorruptible, meaning, meaning it has no defects, Edward. No defects. There's no defects in the word. And, and you know, I, I've, I've talked to people about this. And, 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 and think about it. This word was written over a 1,500-year period of time by over 40 different, different authors. It's the only book that's ever resurrected itself. It's the book that's tried to have been locked up, burned, cast away, and outlawed, but it still kept revealing itself. And, 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 and people kept saying, well, it's a fault. we can't find other documents. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, lo and behold, in 1948, they, they, there was something that happened. And there were some caves that opened up. And they found the Dead Sea Scrolls that they found the exact writings. And, and I can go on and on and on and, and talk about the integrity of God's word. I can talk about how, how the prophecies that have been fulfilled. I can, I can, I, we can talk about the measure of the word versus the Quran. There's over 600 prophecies in the Quran that were either wrong or were never fulfilled. But yet the word of God, it binds together. And, and fits together and reveals Jesus. It's the incorruptible word of God. And it says this word lives and abides forever. Verse 24 says, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So this word was preached unto you. This word is eternal. It has eternal properties. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's living. Hebrews 4 tells that this word is alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Meaning, meaning I can take this word and it can reveal to me what's me and what's God. That's what that means. That's a, it's a, it's a sword and it divides between soul and spirit. It lets me know what I'm thinking and lets me know what I should think. The word, the word. Now let's go to chapter two, verse one. Wherefore, laying aside all malice or anger and all guile. And hypocrisy and envies and all evil speaking. So you could say this, lay aside your natural tendencies. Lay aside, if, if you want to see change in, your, in yourself, if you want to see change. You know, I've seen my, you know, there was times in my life as a Christian, I was a hypocrite. Am I the only one? 26 years. You know, and you're like, you're, you know, we're, we're good at telling people what they should do, right? <laughs> but 
But do you do the same, right? That, that, that means you're a hypocrite, you know? So, so the thing is, I, I've, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. And endeavor, and endeavor with all my heart not to live my life as a hypocrite. But and how, how, the only way that's going to change is, is when we do this next thing that the scripture's talking about. Malice, anger, envies, all evil speaking. You, you, you spoke something evil today that you know it came out of your mouth. You're like, I shouldn't have spoke that. You know, I, I, don't raise your hand. I didn't see your hand, Raina. It's okay. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you. I love you. Um, but the point is then it says, if we want these things to change... If we want to change how we live, if we want to change, you know, I just got tired of being the old Justin. I got tired of being the old me. I got tired of, of, of being one thing in public and different in private. I got, I got tired of putting on a mask. I got tired of all those things. I'm just being open with you. But how is it going to change? It's not just, it's not going to change just by wishing, wishing, wishing it away. It's not going to just change and saying, well, I just hope I change. I just, well, just by the grace of God. Yeah, by the grace of God, definitely. But it's not going to be osmosis. It's not going to be all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, you're going to continue going to bars and your life's going to change. Now the Holy Spirit's going to work in your heart and, and say, and you're going to be scratch. You know, don't do that. And yes, the Holy Spirit is given to us to direct us and empower us. But what's this next verse say? As newborn babes, meaning if I want to change me as a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Meaning if, if I don't want to have malice, if I, if I want to not have God, if I not, don't want to be a hypocrite, envies and all evil speaking, then what's going to happen as a newborn babe? You know, you know, we've had some newborn babes here that, that have just been born. And if you, if you are our mom and you, you, you had that child, you know, when they came out, they're hungry. You know what? And they're going to tell you they're hungry and they're going to scream and yell and tell you that they're hungry. You're going to know it when they're hungry. You know, when they're a babe, there's like three, they're either hungry or they're dirty. Right. That's kind of, that's what it comes down to. They're going to cry. That's the two things, you know, there could be a third one, you know, but, but anyway, there's the two that just in the top of my head. But, but the thing is, you're going to know that they're hungry. Why? Because they desire to be filled. They desire to be fed. So it's saying just like that baby. Why? Because that, that baby knows God put that, that, that God put that nature on the inside of them. You, you didn't, when you came out of your mother's womb, you didn't have to learn to be hungry. Right. It was just automatic. It's part of your nature. Right. It was part of your nature. When you came out and you were born into the earth, it was your nature to just to, to know when you're hungry and you're like, I need something. I need something. I need something. And you're going to let mama know. So in that same way as a newborn babe desires that milk. As that newborn babe desires it. Why? Because when you desire that word, you're going you're gonna to do everything you can do to get that word. Desire. Let me ask you a question. Where is your desire for the word? You know, I found in my own life that if I'm losing a desire for the word, let me put it this way. If you ever had like the flu or... 
or a sore throat and a cold. And, you know, and you, you try to eat something, you can't taste anything. And, and your nose is stuffy and, and it's like you don't like eating. And, 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 you, and if you have a fever or, or you're sick to your stomach, what's the first thing that goes? Your appetite, right? You see, everything in the, in the, in the natural is, is actually really predominant in the spiritual. And so it's the same thing. If, if you're not hungry for the things of God, then it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sign to you that something's not right with you spiritually. There, there's, there's something that's blocking something. And, and that lack of hunger is just a reveal to you that you need to check up something. There's something you need to do. You need to, you, you, you need to take two, two aspirin and, and get in the word. No, not really aspirin, but you need to take two something and stir that hunger back up. And that's just in my own life. And so, so as a newborn babe, you desire that sincere milk of the word so you can grow. So when we talk about back to the basics, this is basic, back to the basics with the word is you need to desire the word. Desire the word. And if you don't, you're, now I know you, you guys are here on a Wednesday night, so I know you desire the word. You desire the word. And I, and I appreciate you that come on Wednesday night faithfully. And, and, and I mean, because you desire the word. And, and so with this desire of the word, it's what causes us to grow. It causes us to grow. So you're taking notes, put that, just put that down. Desire the word. Desire the word. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's go back to James. James. Chapter 1. Just three things that I'm going to deal with this aspect. The first one is desire the word. That's the basics. Come to a place. If you want to grow in your life, you need to desire the word. And part of desire is, you know, what you pursue, what you desire. Right? Right? You know, I, I, de- I desired to marry Annette, marry Annette, not marry Annette, but desired to marry Annette. Not a, it's not, she's one of those, but just, uh. I don't know where that came from, but the thing is it was, but it couldn't just be a thought. It's like, you know what? I, I, I would like to marry her. Sure would like to marry her. You know, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a pretty little lady. You know, I, I wish I could marry Annette. And it's the thing. You know, I, I wish I could understand the word. I wish I could know the word. I wish I could know that word like like T.D. Jakes knows the word. I wish I could know the word like Dr. Savell knows the word or Brother Coe. I wish I could know the word like that. I wish I could know that. I wish I, I, wish I could have revelation like they have. Rela- well, what's stopping you? So the thing is, is, is it wasn't just, I, I wish I could marry Annette. The thing is, is, is I had to, my desire had to go to a pursuit to where it caused me to put a ring on it. <laughs> you see what I mean? It's like, and this is a side note. If, if a man ain't pursuing you, honey, don't pursue him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a whole other message there. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So I'm in James, right? So if you have a desire, it's going to cause you to pursue something. What you're wanting, what you really desire. Hallelujah. James chapter 1. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Verse 17 says, every, I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light, in the shining of whom there can be no variation, rising or setting or shadow cast by the turning as an eclipse. What does that, what does that mean? You mean every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And really what that terminology is saying there in a weird kind of way is saying the gift that he sends down or what he gives is a gift that doesn't change. There's no shadow of turning in an eclipse, meaning the shadow of turning in an eclipse. Um, let me give you another um, to make sense of this. For instance, come step up here, Vic. Stand, stand next to me. Now, you can see what you, we, you see our shadows, right? And if you're in the front row, you see these shadows. Why? Because the lights cast from a certain direction. There's light here. Now, what this is saying and is talking about how God, the gift that he brings from heaven and the gift that comes down and there's no shadow is in an eclipse, meaning that no matter what you what you there's no darkness in God. There's there's no there's no variation, meaning it's not going to be one thing one day and, and a thing in, in the next. It's always going to it's always going to illuminate life. It's always going to bring about right. There's not a there's not a shadow. God's not hiding things from you. Like a shadow meaning, meaning there's something between you and the light. You, you see what I'm saying? There's, there's a shadow of turning, meaning there's, a, there's, there's something blocking. So therefore, in that spot right there, Vic, there's darkness, right? Mm-hmm. But with God, there's, there, he's all light. And there's no, there's no darkness. So God's not trying to hide anything. He's not trying to keep anything. There, God, you, you don't have to second guess God or second question him. Why? Because he's always the same. Does that make sense? Thank you. To just try to make sense of this, the word. <clears throat> and verse 18 says, and it was his own free will. Whose own free? The, the father of light said that every good and perfect gift, right? And it was his own free will that he gave us birth as by his word of truth. So what was the good and perfect gift? It was his son, Jesus. It was the word of truth. So that we should be the kind of first fruits of creatures, a sample of what he created to be consecrated to himself. Meaning, meaning we, that, that this, what came from him, which was Jesus, which was the word should cause us to look like him. I don't have time to keep elaborating on that. Verse 19, he says, understand this, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to offense and to get angry. See, when I first got in the word and I'd read scriptures like this, and I'm like, why? That makes no sense to me. 
all of a sudden you're talking about the gift that comes from above, the word of truth, and we should be the first fruits of that word that came down. And then all of a sudden he's like, understand my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to take offense. And so I never, I didn't think the scriptures connected, but then when you, would you stop and you read it slower, you can understand, let every man be quick to hear, quick to hear what the word of truth. So be slow to slow to speak, slow to take offense and to get angry, but be quick to hear. Meaning, meaning, meaning of anything, I need to be quick to hear. Instead of getting angry over something, instead of allowing my emotions to, 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 to run me, instead of allowing how I feel or, or, or what the world looks like and what's going on around me and what's happening here, what's happening there, be, be quick to hear. See, but yet in society, <laughs> we're quick to take offense and we'll, and we'll maybe think about the word later. <laughs> But it, it, but we, we have to reverse it. We have to be quick to hear. Not quick to hear what, what so-and-so is saying. Not quick to hear to see what CNN is saying or Fox News. But we need to be quick to hear what the Word is saying. What the Word is saying. I'm telling you, the Word is the most valuable thing that you have. Thank you, Father. Then verse 20 says, for man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. And that was another scripture. I was like, that didn't make sense either. Man's, for man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. And I said, and this is how, I mean, how I'm reading the scripture to you is how I study. I sit there and I, and I, and I talk it out loud and I have a conversation with what doesn't make sense to me. That, Lord, that doesn't make sense to me. Can you elaborate that to me? And he'll say, and, and so I'm just, I mean, this is, this is my study time. I invert scriptures, turn them around, make sure I'm not taking anything out. And so I'm just letting you in on how, how I study and how the word is opened up to me. Right. And, and, and so I'm like, Lord, what is that for man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. And so this is what the Lord said to me. He says, man's way of doing things doesn't get God results. Man's way of doing things doesn't get God results. So, so for man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. Meaning if I'm going to be angry, I'm not going to lift up the way God does things. Bottom line. But then the next verse. Because this is what it comes down to. Verse 21. Wherefore. So because of all these things. Because of man's way doesn't bring God results. Because of that. Wherefore. Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. <laughs> naughtiness. Did I, Elaine, uh, naughtiness. Is that, is that, is that British? <laughs> naughtiness. So I can pretty much say this way. So lay aside my way. Lay aside man's way. Lay aside the way my flesh wants to do it. So wherefore, lay aside my way of doing things, because if I have to lay away my, I have to lay aside my way of doing things. Why? Because I want God's results, right? If I want God's results, then what? I have to lay aside my way. That's really what's that saying. And then it says what? So it's not just lay aside my way, but it says lay aside, but then receive. 
receive. It's never, it's never just sit back and do nothing. It's not just cast down imaginations. It's always filling your life with the right thing. It's filling your life with the right. It's not just casting down thought and imagination, but it's as I cast a thought down, I replace it with God's thought. It's the same thing. I lay aside my way and what I receive. Hold your hand out like this and bring your hands into you. I receive what the engrafted word. I receive the word. So receiving it is welcoming it. It's also honoring it. It's all it also if you receive, you know, uh, Philip, if, if I came to your home and I knocked on your door and you opened your door to me and you had me come in, what you honored me, you welcomed me, right? You welcomed me. It's the same thing. So as I lay aside the word, as I lay aside my way, I honor the word. I give the word priority. I give it a position. Receive the word. It said, but it actually says receive with meekness. The word meekness means to be teachable. Teachable. Meaning it's, it's not you showing up and you telling God how he, he should do it. That's not meekness. Being meek, being meek is, is being open to suggestions. It's being, it's, it's being yielded. It's humility. And so, and so receiving the word from a position of God, I don't know everything. I'm not sure how to, how to do this. That's Lord, open your word, reveal your word to me. Show me your word. Is there a scripture, Lord, that, that has to do with my circumstance? Because I want to lay aside, because I don't want my results anymore, Lord. I don't want how, how, I don't want these same things going on any longer in my life. I want what you have for me. Yes. See, that's meekness. That's humility. And receive with meekness what the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. The engrafted word. To engraft something means to make it a part of you. It is not, it's not something that you read one time it is not something that, that you heard just, it, it, it's not, it's not a, how do I say it? Father, how do I, how do I see it? It's not a, it's not an echo of what, it's not an echo of what someone else is saying. It's, it's something that's real to me. An echo is just a, something resonated from something else. But I, I want some, it's a implanted meaning it's my, it becomes my revelation. It becomes my personal understanding. It becomes part of me. Not, not just pastor, it's not just pastor Justin's revelation, but now it's Becky's revelation. It's, it's implanted, it's engrafted, it's, it's become a part of my life. If a doctor engrafts, they, they, if you had like a, a, a skin graft, they took something from one part of your body, put it in another part of your body, what, so it can continue to grow and make up for the deficiency. And, and it all of a sudden, it starts growing in you. It starts growing on you and becoming a part of like it was, like, like it was always meant to be. So it's the same thing, receiving the word that has the ability to save your soul. I'm running out of time. So, 
Number one, we have to desire the word. And secondly, we have to receive the word. And let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Back to the basics. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. The word, word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word. <clears throat> thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Uh, thank you, Father. Go to, go to 2 Timothy, just for the sake of time. Go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Because John chapter 8, verse 31, and back in the earlier part of the year, we, we talked about becoming a disciple. I've decided to follow Jesus. We talked about I decided and we talked about being a disciple. And it was all based out of John chapter 8 verse 31. And talks about if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Um, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. So... So a disciple is someone that continues in the word. So, so a lot of times there's a lot of people that says that, yes, I'm being discipled, but yet they have no word in their life. There's no, there's no word going into their life. So what, what would make them disciples is what they continued in. You're going to be discipled by whatever you're following after. I mean, if, if you're following after pornography, then you'll be discipling by pornography. If you're following after, um, you know, uh, the, whatever politician you follow after, then, then that's what you're becoming. That's what you're, so you're, you're following, you're, you're going to become whatever you follow, right? And so, but yet Jesus tells the disciples, continue in my word and you'll be my disciples indeed. So he, so continue in my word. Now let's go to second Timothy four. Verse 13 says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So, so this lets me know if I, if, if I understand this, Paul's writing to Timothy as a pastor, then I have to understand he's giving him a warning. He's actually talking. If you look at this whole chapter, he's talking about the last days and talking about the coming apostasy, meaning the people, what is apostasy? It means people that left Christ. So don't let anyone, don't buy into the lie that once saved, always saved. Don't buy into the lie that because you got born again, you'll always be born again. The thing is, is this is a, this, because, because if there's an apostasy, uh, apostasy means that you departed from the faith and that, that, (laughs) That's a whole nother message. Father, help me. But evil men and seducers. See, so we have to be on guard because there's people that are going to deceive you. Things can deceive you. Times can deceive you. It says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. So here, continue in the things that you have learned and have been assured of and knowing whom you've learned them. So what were the things that they would have learned? The word, preaching, the gospel, Jesus, the scriptures, righteousness, faith, walking in love. 
You know, all these things. So this is, so, so he's telling them, so, but you continue. There's people outside that are going to deceive you. There's people that are going to seduce you, but Hey, you continue in the word. The enemy is going to try to pull the word from you to try to seduce you and deceive you. But here he says, continue in those things, which you learn verse 15 and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. So not just continue in the things that you learned and heard, but continue in the holy scriptures. The holy scriptures. So, so continue to hold to these things. Can, and that from a child that has known the holy scriptures, that's verse 15, which are able. So these holy scriptures do what? They're able to make you wise unto salvation. Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Man, I love this. See, it's the word. This word is what's going to make me wise. These holy scriptures are going to make me wise unto salvation. Remember, if you didn't have the word, you wouldn't know anything about salvation. Verse 16. Then he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed. And all scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. For correction, for instructions in righteousness. So we could say it this way. And all the word, all the word is given by inspiration of God. All the word of God is profitable for doctrine. The word is for reproof. It's for correction. And it's for instructions in righteousness. So what do Hebrews say? You're unskillful in the word of righteousness. So if I want to be skillful in the word of righteousness, get in the word, get in the word. See, this is the basics. If you want our lives to grow, we have to have a hunger, a desire for this word. And we have to receive this word. And the third thing is we have to continue in this word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction to righteousness. Verse 17. So what? So that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished for every good work. Amplified says, continue in this word so that the the verse scripture above it really says continue in the word. So what? So that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Man, I don't bet you, but I want that. I want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How about you? Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. Thoroughly equipped. Meaning I have everything that I need. Everything I need to be successful. Everything that I need to win. Everything that I need to do ministry. Everything I need to do to love people. Everything I need to do to change a nation, change the world. Everything is going to come what? It's going to come from the word. Amen. Last scripture. Give me one more scripture. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. And this, this whole chapter is all about the word. So we'll start in verse one and we'll go to 176 and uh, actually just verse 49 and verse 50. 
and the Amplified, it says this. Remember fervently the word. Psalms 119, verse 49, Amplified says, Remember fervently the word and the promise to your servant in which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort and consolation in my affliction, that your word has revived me and given me life. I love that. Remember the word and promise to your servant in which you caused me to hope. Meaning what came from you, I'm hope, my hope is built on that. My hope is built on the word. Then verse 50 says, this is my comfort and my consolation in my affliction. When I'm going through difficult times, this is what I do. Your word has revived me and given me life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Desire the word. Receive the word. Continue in the word. Because realize it's holding to this word. It's holding to this word that will revive you and give you life. Amen. You receive this word tonight. Father, we thank you for the word. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you, you're the teacher, not me. So, Father, I thank you that you take the words that were spoken tonight. And I thank you that you continue to illuminate them in our hearts long after tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing this word back to our remembrance. Thank you, Father, for taking us back to the basics to cause us to, to be, be at a place, Father, where we, we grow up and be everything you've called and created us to be. I call this church body thriving. I call them successful. I call them winning. I call them holy. I call them righteous. I call them thoroughly equipped for every good work. We thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise. Amen. Jeremiah, come on up.